listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. What is up, podcast family? It's Worship Wednesday, and I'm excited to be back. Got a treat for you today. Miss Jenya Queen B. Jackson is going to be back today. We are going to put some content up for you from this year's Worship Summit, Worship Summit 2018. And uh, Miss Jenya was with me through the whole summit and killed it, literally killed it. It was phenomenal. And I wanted to share one of her sessions um, with you guys. She taught a session that was entitled, It's All About We. Obviously, a play on the words, it's all about me, because we're talking about team building. And um, I want to call this, How to Murder a Worship Team, because there are a lot of mistakes Obviously, she's going to cover these today and then show you what you should be doing. But there are a lot of mistakes people are making in their worship teams and in teams in general that really destroy team functionality, destroy team unity. And as a result, the teams can't function as they were created to. So we're going to call this today, How to Murder a Worship Team. You know, a lot of times when we have um, teams that we're working with, we expect them to just kind of figure it out. It's like, you know. Just figure it out. You know, there's not a whole lot of help that goes into it. But one of the great things about Miss Jenya is her ability to find a way to assist each member of the team so that everybody doesn't feel like they're on their own. And she did a great job in this session. I mean, really, really phenomenal teaching. That's why I wanted to share it with you guys today. Many of you that are listening to the podcast, you guys are uh, music directors or worship leaders or you're in a band, choir. Every person on the team is required to do their best to make the team better and to operate in a more fluid way so that there's a strength, really, that takes place within the team. A team should be strength. You know, the Bible says that, uh, talks about the fact that a threefold cord is not easily broken. Um, and that's that's really talking about the fact that when there's unity it brings strength that doesn't come any other way. So I'm going to take you into this live teaching that she did at Worship Summit uh, 2018, and then I'll be back at the end to pray with you, talk to you. Um, By the way, Worship Summit's coming up for 2019 very quickly, and if you've not yet registered, I want to encourage you to do that at southeastworship.com. And there you can have all your questions answered. If you'd like to contact us, if you're bringing uh, your whole team with you, we'd love to hear from you, help you make accommodations. We have uh, hotels right on the website that we recommend for you guys, um, all kinds of um, information for your travel plans. And uh, it's a free conference, if you didn't know that, 18 free sessions spread out over four days. Um, it's just, it's 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 wonderful. I mean, last year, I was so happy to see uh, worshipers being touched by the power of God, learning things spiritually, but also practically. And we're going to do even more this year. So we're adding things, as you've heard me say, for lighting teams, tech teams, sound teams. Uh, and Minister Reese Jackson, who is Jenya's husband, is going to be joining us teaching again this year. It's going to be 
amazing. So I want you guys to be there. It's May the 7th through the 10th, 2019. Jump on the website, check it out and register. It's going to be awesome. We'd love to have you guys there. All right, let's jump into this live teaching and I'll be back at the end to talk to you a little bit more. Yay. Hi. Thank you so much. Let me look at you. You look good. Do you feel good? Yeah. Listen, I am so incredibly happy to be a part of this worship summit. I am, I really am. My heart is overjoyed. I could like bust out of my skin. That is how excited I am to be a part. So yay, this is such, this is going to be, I mean, I'm, I'm totally believing God that this is going to change your life. And I believe that that first session already did, man. That was a good word. Amen. That was a powerful word. I think you can do a lot better than that. That was a powerful word. Yes. Amen. Amen. So we understand that we come into the gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. And so as we walk into the house, what's here? A family. Yes, there should be a family. So I named my session, It's All About We. Let me hear you say that. Say, it's all about we. Not me, but we. Got that? Hey, listen, man, I can't be by myself. You got that? All right. Um, I had an operation a a few months ago. Um, Took me out of the game for like eight weeks. Um, But it was necessary, and I had to get some things taken care of. And so what I noticed was that as soon as I walked in the hospital, there was somebody that greeted me. I had to go to the back, and they did my blood. I went to another part. They gave me some gown stuff that I had to put on. Then there was another dude that took me to another room. And then after a while, I was laying there, and there was a nurse that came to me. There was a doctor that came to me. There was another doctor that came to me. They wheeled me into the operating room. I saw some other people. There was a ton of people to work on little old me, right? This person, that person, that person, this person, this person, that person, they all labeled everything that they were going to do. And I know this because I got the bill, and everybody wants their money, you know. But the bottom line was there was a, an, an enormous team to do one job, an enormous team with one goal in mind. Somebody say it's all about we. So within our different branches of worship, there's the musicians. We never forget them. We've got the uh, choir. If you've got like a frontline team, people that are holding microphones, you never forget about them. Um, But there's a part of the of the worship team that we seldom, seldom remember to make mention of. And actually, Teddy just did, (laughs) but normally the tech ministry never gets mentioned within the worship department. And to be real with you, they are part of the band. Who turns this on? Who plugs us in? Who makes us sound right? The band is a part of the family. They are part of the team, and we all, listen to me now, we all are preparing the atmosphere for the word of God to penetrate hearts, for miracles to take place, and for transformation to completely take over so people can leave differently than what they've come. Amen? If we came and left and we were the same, then what's the point? You, you with me? So this team, this, this, um, this family of worship and arts, I mean, everybody's included when they hit this platform. And even those awesome dudes up there, there's people way up there that y'all don't see that are helping the screen look good. 
That's a part of the worship experience. The lighting, a part of the worship experience, does that make the anointing stronger? I wouldn't say that, but it does enhance what God is doing in the building, yes? So there's such power when we all work together because it's all about, it's all about we. Um, Here's something that, these, these are practical, these are things that I've just learned over the past 20 or so years of doing worship. Um, so you'll jot down a couple of notes because it's things that we have to remember and put into practice because you can forget. It's easy to forget. It's easy to just go in and leave and your job, quotation marks, is done. But that's not what it's about. It's about doing life together. Yeah? So within the tech team and knowing that they are a part of the band, that they are part of facilitating this vision... We have to learn how to speak to our tech team properly. We must learn how to speak to our tech team properly. They work hard. They're here earlier than we are, and we're here early. (laughs) You know, worship team is here early. But the tech team gets here, and they have to prepare to get ready for us. So we need to learn how to speak to them properly. We need to recognize that they are a vital part of the vision being fulfilled at a large magnitude because guess what it goes beyond this platform it goes beyond these chairs because it's going through the internet for some of our churches and that anointing carries amen while I was while I was at home recovering I was watching service and the anointing is strong right there in my bed while I was waiting to get better because the anointing carries from here with these awesome friends that are helping us do what we're called to do and it travels right through that internet amen um so we need to learn how to speak to them properly we need to learn how to appreciate them you know what i learned about appreciate it means raising the value that's what appreciate means to raise the value and we need to raise the value for our tech team They have to know that we appreciate them. So how will they know it unless we tell them? Yes? So look at them and say, hey, thank you. Or at the end of service, go run over to them and say, you know what? That sounded amazing. You really did that this morning. That was incredible. Hey, I don't know how you did it, but you shifted some things from rehearsal to service time, and that was incredible. Let them know. They're probably the the least appreciated people in in the house because people just tend to forget about them. They're behind the scenes, you know, and and they do a great job. And normally if we're not talking to them, then they know they've done a great job. So, but wouldn't it be a great twist of events to just tell them, hey, I appreciate you. What you've done, I love you for that. Write them a card, get them a gift card or something. Bless your tech team, amen? Here's a good one, ready for this? Let's include them in prayer times. Let's include, they are a part of the ministry. They are ministering. When they capture, I mean, if you have a, um, a camera person, when they capture a moment and your hand is lifted in the air and you're worshiping, guess what they just did? They just captured a moment with Jesus that every person, their life can be changed by the way they captured that picture. They are a part of the band. Okay, so we're going to lift them up in prayer. A lot of times they're running around, they're busy, and they can't maybe make it up to the platform to hold hands and pray, but you can definitely lift them up. You can lift them up the same way that you would a soloist for that day, the same way that you would that first new band member 
of the day. And it's all right to go and lay hands on that tech team member and just declare the power of God to move through their fingers as they adjust things, touch their ears and declare that they will hear the way that Jesus hears. You with me? That they'll see the way that Jesus sees. This, this moment that we get to spend on a Sunday morning at 10 a.m. until 12 is life-changing and they are a part of it, amen? We need to develop a relationship with them. We can't just bark orders at the tech team because that's what they're used to but that's not what it's supposed to be. As a family member, we don't just bark, hey, turn this up. I can't hear myself, um, excuse me, what? <laughs> These are people, These are, this is our family, <laughs> you know? I think I would punch somebody in the face if they talked to my kid that way. You understand what I'm saying? This is my brother, my sister, these are our family members and we gotta make sure that we, when we are talking to them, it's not just this kind of relationship. Go holler at them. Go see how they're doing. If they look down, talk to them. Maybe something's going on and all they need is a hug from you. That's, it. That's being led of the Holy Spirit as a family member. How many times can you just touch somebody's life by saying, hey, it's good to see you today. That'll change their, their world because normally people don't speak to the tech team. But I believe we can shift that. We can change the culture of our worship and arts department today even by by approaching the tech team as a family, a member of the family. Yes? Say it's all about we. Say it again. It's all about we. Here's the second part of what I'm going to talk about. This is a hard one sometimes. Handling volunteers with egos. And it kind of goes along with what I just said with uh, the tech team. But to build a culture of humility, you have to build it. It just doesn't come. You must build a culture of humility and recognize this. Serving someone, serving someone and serving with someone doesn't make you higher than them. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? A lot of times when we hold a microphone, we feel like we've got something up on somebody. You got nothing up on nobody. We are called to this. This is a gift. This is a true gift and privilege to stand right here or to hold one of these or to be on a choir loft or to hold an instrument. What a privilege, what an honor. And if you approach it that way where you know that somebody's not beneath you because you know, you're serving them a, a, a great song and, and absolutely not. When you recognize that they are not beneath you, I think that's where we can start with a culture of humility. And how do you do that? you got to cultivate a relationship with your church. Now, I'm big on this, huge on this. If I'm not singing on a particular day, or even if I am singing, I will make it a point to walk around the church and love on people. Now, I know sometimes, we're, you know, some, sometimes people are funny and they'll try to get you in conversations that you really don't want to talk about before you come to worship. But here's how you have to walk it kind of in that maturity place. Just take a couple of minutes couple of moments to shake a couple of hands, put a smile on somebody else's face, compliment someone. When they see the same person that was walking around come right here and minister, it'll be like an automatic connection 
to people's lives, to their heart. And you continue that every single week and you remember their name or you, you I had to lay hands on a guy um, a couple of weeks ago before service started. He was just telling me, well, he didn't ask for this, but he was telling me, hey, what's going on? He's like a grandpa, you know? How are you? Oh, well, I've, you know, I've been hurting. And I was like, right there immediately. Now, this didn't take 12,000 hours. I just laid my hands on his shoulder and I declared the word of the Lord over him in the name of Jesus. And I kept it moving. But that was a divine connection that I made with this grandpa um, who I've known for a pretty long time. But I'm letting you guys know that this is a wonderful way of making a connection with your church. So you're going to come early and you're going to walk around and you're going to shake a hand. And I, I mean, I know my team when they first come, come on board, they probably can't stand me when I tell them to do this because it's uncomfortable. It's not fun to look in somebody's face and, hey, how you doing? My name's Jenya. How's it going? What's your name? You know what I'm saying? It's weird. And then you're like this for a long time and you're like, uh, you know? <laughs> it can be weird. But it's a culture that is developed and you get better at it and better at it and better at it. Before you know it, I could talk to anybody in a room and this is a great connection with people. So show up early, greet the other con- congregants, and watch this. Stay around after church a little bit. You have such a great opportunity to make a connection with another family member because you are not too awesome to hang out just a little bit to make somebody feel welcome. That could be, it could be that one person that came in the door And maybe they slipped through. Maybe it was busy. Maybe there was like a a situation at the front and nobody got to greet them. But because you didn't grab your flip-flops like I do and run out the door, but you stayed around just for a second to greet someone, that one person's life can be changed just like that. It's who we are. It's what we're we're supposed to do. Okay, number two, we're going to cultivate a relationship with our team. The team that's up here. Let me tell you something that will... Um, shift the relationship with your folks. If, say, rehearsal starts at 7 o'clock, if you come in at 6.59, you're not going to be able to love on nobody. You can't talk to anybody. You can't greet anybody. You better not greet anybody because then you're going to make everybody late because <laughs> you're plugging in or grabbing your microphone. And No, no. When you can come, and I'm, I know that life happens, so hear me with, with spirit ears. Hear me with a good heart. Those days that you know you can come in early, Take a few minutes. Come in early. I love my team because they will pound, what's up, hug, love. And it's been a culture that was cultivated. It was not like that before. You see? So as you continue to move in a direction, it gets easier. And all of a sudden, it's just like breathing. That's your people. You, you with me? So you spend time with your people. Show up early for rehearsals. Greet your teammates. And I'm not talking about just the ones that you can hear in your ear when the choir's on or when the band um, and the singers come together. There should be a little moment there where you get to love on some folks, where you get to appreciate, you get to raise the value with some folks. Are you with me? So take some time to spend with your people and even after rehearsals even after service. This is so important because a lot of times, yeah, we're tired. It's been a long day. We come to rehearsal. Rehearsal's done. And you're like, all right, bro, I'm ready to go. It's over. But all you need is a a little five-minute moment. That's all you need. You with me? All you need is just a moment to change a life. Okay? 
And the more and more that you, you know someone, the more and more you know their character, that if something's a little bit off, you can go to them and say, everything okay? You all right? You need prayer with anything? Why? Because we take care of one another. That's what a family is supposed to do. Ah, okay. Um, this is a good one, too. You need to go out of your way to encourage when you have new uh, family members uh, that join the band or join the team. Uh, you can feel kind of insecure. You're not sure if you're hitting the note just quite right. You're not sure if you're, you, you, you sound that good. You're getting used to a different um, monitor. You're getting used to a different system. Take a couple of moments to encourage someone. Encouraging someone, that, I mean, wouldn't you tell your, your, your new child that they did a great job at their ballet recital when they're finished? You, you with me? So I'm, I'm, tr I'm trying to show you something as a family. This is what you're supposed to do. This is a great way of building the relationship and getting stronger with one another. So man, you hit that note, bro. You, you did that. That was it right there. A couple of seconds to encourage and make sure that they know you have their back and you're on their side. Because nothing's worse than a new person coming in, they sing a song, and nobody celebrates them. So now they think that somebody has something against them. And what do you have? Disunity. The devil's stupid, you know. And any way, shape, or form that he can get in, he's going to do it. And he will ruin what God is putting together. But we have the authority to walk in so that the devil can have nothing happen to our unity, what God is doing within our group. Amen? It's important to have some time outside of our rehearsals and outside of church. Because you can build a wonderful relationship here, but when you get together outside and you have a, a, a cookout, if you have a, some kind of a party, if you have something at your house and you invite your team, well, shucks, you get to see a whole other side of people. And you can appreciate them even more because now they're, they're, we're, letting, we're letting them past that, that, that normal place of relationship. Now we can be a little bit more intimate in um, that brother-sister type of thing. You with me? So just a little encouragement there, practical things of ways to get involved with your family, develop the culture of relationship within your family, okay? Who's it about? Who's it about? All right. Um, next, we're going to deal with conflict. So conflict resolution, this is not my favorite. Not my favorite at all. I pretty much hate dealing with conflict, but it's something that we have to do as bodies, members of the body of Christ and also as leaders. We have to deal with some of these things. So um, you ready for this? Don't forfeit the frown. Just because you see somebody looking a little sad or looking upset, don't turn the other way and just, oh, they'll be all right. You know, oh, it'll, it'll, they'll work it out. You see two, two um, uh, folks that are, maybe bickering or looking like they're not vibing with each other, don't you dare turn around and walk the other direction. If you do, you just allowed discontentment to stay right there in your ministry. And just because you're trying to avoid the conflict, just because you have to address some things, as soon as you do that, you just open the door to disunity. And can I tell you that that's ex the exact place that God does not dwell? That's the exact place that he does not command his blessing. Are you with me? So I don't want to open the door to disunity and just say, hey, have a seat. Put your feet up. Let me get you a drink. You want something to eat? Because then, just then, we missed out on the very thing that God wants to do. I mean, you, are, you feel the move of God when everybody's in unity? 
Do you feel the move of God when you go beyond unity and go to synergy where you just know the heart of the person that you're singing next to? You know exactly, the, the, the keyboard player knows exactly where the, the soloist is going to go and y'all didn't practice? My friends, that's unity. That is synergy. That is going the same place with the same mindset. How can you do that? You ensure that the enemy's little raggedy foot doesn't get in there with disunity. So you know that that's from Psalms 133. Everybody knows that. Okay, good. If not, jot it down. Um, my husband and I were the youth pastors here at this church for a little over 10 years. And um, we know all too well of disunity and discontentment and just that uneasiness and then having to deal with it. But at the beginning of, of my portion there of um, being in, uh, over the worship and arts for youth, um, I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know what to do. And there were times where I just let it go underneath the rug. <laughs> Honest to God, I did. Because I just didn't know what to do. I was like, well, maybe it'll work itself out. Somehow, God will work it out. But then I swept it underneath the rug. And then, you know, that rug, it, it, there's... It doesn't stay that, that level when you just continue to sweep it underneath, you know, and before you know it, you're tripping over that thing. Beyond that, you can't even see past it. Your, your whole situation is so jacked up because you didn't handle one thing months ago or years ago. You with me? So we need to recognize that broken people, broken relationships, that's what occurs when you sweep it under the rug. When you just let it go. Brokenness, is, it's, it starts out as like a little hairline fracture, but that thing will get worse if you don't deal with it. And um, what does brokenness lead to? Brokenness leads to bitterness. You can't minister from a place of bitterness. What's going to come from you? You, can minister, you can't minister that way. So how do we deal with this thing. We need to address the mess. Somebody say that. Say address the mess. You have the ability to administer healing within your ministry. In Isaiah 61, he talks about giving us the anointing to heal the brokenhearted. I don't think that's just for the broken people that are outside of our walls. I think there's some brokenness happening within the walls of the church, but we have the capability, we have the ability to totally administer healing. We need time. If you rush past those people, you won't see them the way that God sees them. If you're just coming in to sing a song, you're going to miss those people, even within your own ministry. So time is our friend. Time, we need time to make sure that we can see people the way that God sees them. My husband always says that anything can be solved with a conversation. That's like his motto. Anything can be solved with a conversation. And it's true. So here's where the bold move comes in, for especially us as leaders. If you are over your ministry, if you are over a portion of your ministry, there's a bold move that needs to take place, and it's called a one-on-one. Um, I also call it a, uh, what do I call it, like a, like a oil change or something, you know, you know like you got to check the car and make sure everything is okay, especially if you hear a little clinkety-clink. If you hear a little something that's not right, you got to take that in and, and, and get it checked out. So with us, if we see something, you got to have a one-on-one. And I jotted, I jotted down a couple of 
questions and there's much more, you know, you have to let the Lord lead you and you, and it's super duper in depth when you do these one-on-ones because you got to get to the root of some problems. It could not, sometimes it's not just surface stuff that makes people act the way that they do. Are you with me? There's some deep things within and you got to ask some pretty hard questions. So when you do, here's one of the questions you ask them what their time with Jesus looks like. Is that an easy question? No. But you kind of have to ask these questions to make sure that, that um, people are kind of called to the carpet. You got to check them. And as family, you can do that. Now, if you don't have a relationship with them, you can't do that. Because then it's just going to be like, why are you in my business? But when they know that they can trust their leadership, when they know they can trust their brother and their sister, then they'll sit with you when you ask these questions. They'll be fine with asking these questions. So how's you, how, how are you and Jesus doing? And you wait. And a lot of times it's not fun when you have silence within a one-on-one. But you got to be cool with waiting for them to open up to you. That's a big deal. Sometimes you want to give them what to think. So are you, you know, about five minutes a day, about 30 minutes a day? No, no. Let them talk to you. Because once you open up the door and they see that you, your heart, you have the right heart in this situation, it's going to be a whole lot easier for them to talk to you. You with me? Um, ask them how, how their family life is. How, how's their, sp- their spouse stuff going? A lot of times also you have to bring um, another person in there. Like when I'm doing uh, a one-on-one with a guy, I'll always have my husband with me. Just to make sure that things are in its proper place. You with me? So think about that. But you're going to ask them, how's, how's your wife doing? You guys okay? Um, tell me about your relationship. How's the fam- how are your kids doing? A lot of times you'll find out there's some things going on with the kids. And they, again, they don't know how to uh, keep it bottled up because we're not designed to keep things bottled up like that. It's festering. It's getting grossy on the inside. I don't know what I'm going to do. And then you start to show it on your face or you start to act out towards someone. So be ready to ask that kind of question. Hey, how's work going? Maybe they got fired and you didn't know it. Maybe they had to take a pay cut and they're bugging out. You with me? The church, the, the, the family of God, we're here to help one another. We're, help to, we're here to hold each other up. And here's another one that's super hard, and it was always hard in youth ministry. Their purity. <laughs> I don't really want to know. <laughs> I don't want to. But when you call it to the carpet, and you show them that there's, there's some things that they got to work out, but then you have a plan. Not pointing finger, oh my gosh, you did What? No, love. And you show them the way to not go that route again. Show them that they are empowered to win. You with me? This is, oh my gosh, it's so good to be a part of a family because we can encourage one another. We can build each other up. We can remind each other of who we are. Amen? So good. Um, When you do these one-on-ones beyond just the leadership portion, if there's something that, I mean, the Bible talks so clearly about how to deal with offense. If there's a problem, go holler at the person. Quickly. Go talk to them quickly. The Bible says in Matthew 8, 15, if another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, this is my favorite part, you have won that person back. Or another translation says, you've gained a brother. That's my favorite. So once again, anything can be fixed with a conversation. Now, sometimes it doesn't go that well, sometimes. But that's why you've got great leadership in your church. 
That's when you bring the elders in. That's when you talk about these things with the group and you say, hey, this, this is what's going on and give that uh, elder, that leader, their authority to help out in that situation. Anything can be fixed in a conversation. Amen? It, if it wasn't so, then it wouldn't be in the word. But it's in the word, so we know we can trust what God says about that situation. Um, remember that if it does deal with the you know, big stuff and the enemy, see... He loves confusion. And so if you just go to this brother and this brother has a problem with this brother and this problem, another problem over here, and you talk to them individually, you're going to get totally different stories. But once again, you're walking in your authority and you're going to bring them together as leadership and you're going to iron this whole thing out. Because sometimes it's just an apology that's needed. And if it's against you as the leader, you better be ready to apologize. You're not too big to apologize. You're not too big to say, I'm sorry. Even if you're not so sure about the offense, it doesn't matter. Just let it go. Because the enemy loves to keep the offense just festering. And it makes it seem like, oh, it's, it's okay, it's fine. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, uh, I'm okay. Yeah, <laughs> are you? Be real with what's going on on the inside Say you're sorry and be ready to move on because God's got greater places to take you. The enemy's trying to hold you down so you can't get there. All right? So leaders, I'm just giving you your permission. Walk in your authority. You're given the authority to fix these situations, so do it. And do it with the right heart and with a smile on your face. And watch, I guarantee things will shift, things will turn, and your, your ministry will be whole. Amen? Who's it about? Who's it about? Okay. Um, this next part is, is, I just, next point is uh, raising people up within their gifts. Raise people up within their gifts. Um, I have labeled myself, I am a self-proclaimed uh, master recruiter of the church of Abundant Life. I've been this way since forever. <laughs> seriously since for a long I've been at this church since I was four years old so I've been here a, a long minute and every time that I met someone I would always try to figure out what their thing was what do you like to do do you sing do you dance do you are you awesome at smiling because then you can greet somebody and you can change somebody's life at the door um, what can we do to get you involved that is just my thing because I know that once you start moving in your gift you start to flourish. You get excited about where you are. And you can't be tossing from here to there when you're grounded in the very thing that God called you to do. So it's, 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 it's a, a great big part of my life that I, that I um, recruit. And so the Lord calls me here to the platform and I can see everybody, yo. Everybody. So as soon as service is over, if God has shown me someone, I'm going to go talk to them. As soon as service is over, I'm going to, I can talk to the people I know later. Are you with me? I don't have to spend time with my homegirl that I see on the weekend anyways. I'm going to go run to somebody so that I can make a connection and, uh, and, and show them that they matter in the kingdom of God. Especially if it's my ministry. Now I'm not um, I'm pretty, I mean, I think our ministry is pretty much the best ministry in the world, but you should think that of every ministry, whatever. But um, I, I, especially if God showed me that they're a singer or, uh, I don't know, has that ever happened to you guys when you're, when you're singing, when you're ministering and you see somebody you're like, yo, that dude can play the guitar. I know it with all of my heart. And you go holler at him and he's like, yeah, how, how did you know that? It's like, ah, thank you, Lord. 
and you get them involved. So here's, here's part of the, you know, raising people up in their gifts. You ask the Lord for his eyes. I've done this many times and I still do it today. Give me your eyes, God. How do you want me to see your people today? So as I scan the congregation during worship or while um, altar call is going on or something like that, I can, it's like there's a beam of light in, amongst all of these people. And I know, mm, I got to go holler at that person. I got to go talk to them. I got to see what they're about. Maybe they're just interested in learning how. And of course, we want to welcome them, welcome them into the family, you know? So I've, um, I've, I've asked the Lord to give me his eyes, and then I get bold enough to go talk to them and recruit them into the ministry. If by chance they are not singers, I will hand them off to other people of the ministries that they can definitely be involved in. They love kids. I'm walking them downstairs to talk to them about um, children's ministry, and I'm going to introduce them to the leaders of the children's ministry. Are you with me? If they love tech stuff, I'm going to walk them upstairs. Yes, I might be tired, but they're worth it. The family of God is worth it. So we'll go and, and, and I'll introduce them to the folks upstairs. The, the, the most important thing when people are coming into the house is for them to feel connected. And, and I believe the statistic was you've got two chances. After two chances, they won't come back if they don't have some type of a connection. We learned that in youth ministry. Two times, you're, it's over for you. So make a connection. Don't think that you'll see them next week. This might be your only chance. See them the way that God sees them. Talk to them, love on them, recruit them. Um, you want to train them. So you get them in rehearsal. Yay! You get them in rehearsal. You, you can send them YouTube links. This is a lot of work on our end, but once again, they're worth it, yes? So you send them YouTube links. You, you send them things, or you know, put them in, in the hands of people that can teach them greater than you can even. Um, and be intentional about the time that you spend with them. Because it's not enough to just say, oh yeah, come to rehearsal at seven o'clock. And then you're doing your rehearsal and they're just sitting there in the front row. You didn't greet them. You didn't introduce them to anybody. They don't know any of the songs. So when you, when you, it's very intentional, this time that you spend with them and um, inviting them out. Alrighty? Um, this has to do within your own ministry of how you do this, but have a course of action. Here at our church, we have um, several beginner's classes that everybody takes. Um, ours is called DNA, They're whatever new beginner's class that you guys have at your church, get them involved. That's like the first thing because now they're getting the foundations of your church and then they'll see and know what they're getting into, what they're connected to. Um, folks that don't take that class can't get involved in ministry here at Abundant Life. So it's necessary for them to go through these, the, this, this protocol. So we've got several classes and then we've got um, an encounter that we do here, which um, it's just a, a, an amazing time away where we get to pull out and pour in. You with me? Okay, this is the best way of saying it. Just a lot of ministry taking place in there, and it's awesome. It's great. So make sure you have a course of action, and make sure you follow it. You with me? You are never too desperate to just put anybody on the platform. Never are you too desperate to, to forfeit your protocol just to get bodies, just to get a good sound on your platform. Absolutely not. So you follow your protocol. There's a purpose to the protocol. <clears throat> 
um, have that pre-ministry or learning time, make sure that checking in with them, you want to check in with them, see how they're doing, see how their practice time is doing, even have them plug in uh, before rehearsal, after rehearsal, see how they're coming along, see how they're sounding. Also, that's going to show them that you care. That's going to show them that you value them. After a few weeks or so, you meet, you discuss. How are things going? You have somewhat of a one-on-one. How are you and Jesus doing? Because once again, you can't have people on the platform that don't have a relationship with Jesus. You with me? It takes some bold, bold moves, some bold questioning. But you can walk in your authority because God's called you to it. Amen? Um, here's a, a, a underneath training. You're going to... Even try to give them songs that are more difficult because nothing's worse than staying at a level forever. We're not designed for that. God called us to go from glory to glory to glory. So let's challenge our people. Let's give them a harder song. Um, we've, we've introduced some stems to our, um, to our worship. I don't know if you guys know what those are, stems, or what is the other word for it? Multi, multi-tracks? So... What's great is that we know exactly how something sounds. So we can solo out the guitar, per se, and if the guitar isn't hitting that, those notes quite right, we can say, oh, no, no, run that back. Let's do that one more time, because we're calling you higher. Oh, we're called to a higher level. It's so good. Singing-wise, nope, that wasn't it. You were flat right there, and you have to be bold enough to tell your people. You have to be bold enough to tell your folks, nope, that wasn't it. Let's, let's run that one more time. Oh, didn't like the way that that sounded. What are you doing? You're training your people. You're getting them to another level of excellence. And it's so fun. It's so great to, to see when people do reach that, um, how much greater they can walk in their anointing, how much greater they can step out in, in, in what God's called them to. You with me? Are you with me? Okay. Um, lastly, have a launch date. Have a launch date. What's your start time for these people? You know, folks want to know what's going on. Now, there's sometimes that there's people that are just not ready. And you got to tell them that, though. Don't just leave them lingering. You leave them lingering, they're once again feeling like they have no value. But if you can talk to your people and you say, let me hear how you're coming along. Oh, okay, we're going to need a couple more weeks. We're going to need a few few more weeks and we're going to need to check in again and make sure that you're coming along the way that you're designed to come along. Are you with me? So, um... These bold, these are some bold conversations you got to have with people, and it's hard sometimes, but I guarantee you can do it. Once you step into it, you can continue walking in it. Amen? This is, this is, this is for sure going to help you recognize that you can't continue to um, have the same group of people, but you're designed to grow the people that are with you and welcome more people into the family. This is all about we. It's not at all about just one. We get to do this thing together. We get to take people with us, which is so powerful, which is so great. And I'm just grateful that you guys have spent the time and invested in your future, the future of your ministries. And God's going to bless you. And it's going to be really awesome. I'm excited for you. God bless you. Hey guys, welcome back. What a phenomenal message on how we can better serve our church, our ministry that we're a part of by making sure these teams are stronger. You know, there's no such thing as a lone ranger in the body of Christ. We're the family of God, the Bible says. 
we create a team called the body of Christ. And that's why I think this teaching is so needed, especially as we see so much ego in the realm of worship and worship leaders, worship teams. There, the, you know, Pride has to go. Pride has to go, and humility is the key to greatness without question. I want to pray for every one of you today that are listening to this podcast and ask God to give you a greater desire to assist and strengthen those that are around you. Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you that your word declares that a threefold cord is not easily broken. So, Lord, give us a a compassion for those around us, a hunger and a desire to make any team that we're a part of better by humility. Lord, give us the ability to strengthen those around us and to step up in our gifts and do exactly what you've called us to do with strength and anointing and power. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you and give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, I don't want you guys to forget, those of you that are listening to the podcast, this coming Friday, my wife is launching her brand new podcast entitled Nonstop Mom. And uh, it's going to be a blessing to you, ladies. You're going to want to subscribe. And the new website is launching with her blog, articles that she'll be writing every week. And then let me say this also, those of you that want to be a part of it, it's already up. If you want to check out the Facebook page that she has created for the group, it's called Nonstop Mom. You can find it right on Facebook. And there's going to be a group that you can join. And my wife's going to be doing live videos within the group, giveaways, um, all kinds of things to stay in contact with you guys, just have conversations with women of God that want to go deeper in the things of God. I know it's going to build your faith. So all of you ladies that are listening to the podcast, those of us that are men that could never, ever understand these deep mystical things that God has created called women. All of you women, you want to be a part of this. It's going to be phenomenal. So Friday, nonstop mom on the podcast, as well as the blog that's launching the website and the Facebook page. It's going to be phenomenal. So check it out on Facebook and then we'll give you more details uh, for the podcast coming up this weekend. It's going to be awesome. I love you guys. Don't forget until next time, goodness and mercy are following you for the rest of your life. I'll talk to you soon. We would love for you to join us in a live service. To find out when Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. will be near you, please visit our website at www.miracleword.com. 